this episode of Agile After Dark, we explore our trademark concept of management debt. Join us with our special guest, Angie Erswell, where we talk about the evolution of management and the fruits of their labor, including some great stories about the good, the bad, and the downright ugly. New idea? Great podcast. Listen in. Welcome to Agile After Dark, the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of day. I'm your host, Greg Adams Woodford, sitting here. The coffer is sitting there. Her name is Jessica. And over there is Brandon Gartley. You're the worst. I'm not the worst. I'm the host of the show. And she made a noise, so I had to introduce her first. But I didn't. She didn't cough. I didn't. Not this time. It wasn't her cough that made you do six takes to get the intro, right? I mean, that's fair. That is true. That is true. Mm -hmm. Only one cough, actually. Are we going to do this again? Oh, no. I thought we were going to go, but that's fine. Okay, we can go. By by the way. Roll with it. Guess what? Who? Guess who we have today? It's not just Jessica, who we always love. Yep. Yep. We've got a special guest in studio Apollo 13. Mm. Never made it to the moon. But it made it to the heartland. Made it back to the heartland. We've got with us our special guest. How do you want to introduce yourself? I am Angie Erswell. Angie. Mm-hmm. You Seriously, are we privileged to have? We her definitely are. We definitely are. Privileged. And, and you know, you're gonna you're gonna talk about what we're talking about today. I mean, this it was. You're gonna kind talk of a, about what we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, that's what he just Lucky said. You. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it was a, a very fortunate sequence of events that Angie happened to be here when it was what was it like twelve thirty last night or this morning Probably. that I was texting mm-hmm. you guys and yeah. I was like, was "Hey, late. I have this idea for a podcast." And, uh, and then I went through four really bad titles and then kind of settled on this But one. I think you, you, you settled on one that was really good, which is quite on the set, we have management debt. And I think that's actually a really great topic because I think we're seeing a transition from dealing with tactical things from an agile perspective to dealing with more business-related you know, topics, right? Yeah, I, I mean, let's – well, at. yeah, I mean, let's also be honest – the management debt thing, we kind of made that shit up, right? <laughs> so we were talking with uh, Ninton uh, on the developers as creatives uh, episode called uh, um, It's a Developer Life, which you can find on where, Greg? www.agileafterdark.com. Yeah, and we brought forth this idea um, in that conversation with Ninton. But um, I think, you know, Greg, Jessica, and I, before we get into what we had that conversation about what that was, you know, Angie's here. She's kind of just getting, you know, introduced to this crazy thing that we said one time. Actually, we said it many times in further podcasts. But yeah, we talked about it late. Yeah, you know, it kind of, it kind of, of was, yeah. we, we trended it on our own, right? Yes, it's trending within our within our own little group. 50 people yeah. that listen to the podcast. Um, but we kind of be 52 interested. 52 people. Yeah, 52. Yeah, right? My mom's listening now. 52. Oh, there you go. Um, but we kind of interested just that I just the, that <clears throat> those words together, kind of your impression of what that actually might look like to that might mean it. to me yeah, yeah. well and by the way let's let's yeah. introduce angie yeah. and say angie tell us about your little bit of background yeah. i think we've sure. known each other for a couple of years yeah and, and interestingly enough for our listeners um they know that i um you know sort of went into a consulting company just like you did based on the fact that they needed more business people versus mm-hmm. people who were a little more academic you might say about um the um you know the the consulting piece of it. And so I think just sharing a little bit of your background, I think would be very helpful because you've been at a large 
right. financial services company for Yeah, I was in a large years. financial services company for 33 years. I started as a developer and then went into traditional project management. Wait, you started waterfall. as a developer? I, yeah, I was a developer back okay, in the day. Yeah, did developers I did not know that. Wow. That's a yep. pretty, like, you literally, so you got into the... Yeah, I got into it and wrote code and did the whole nine-yard thing. That's what mm-hmm. I did. And then um, got into traditional waterfall project management before it really had a methodology. Mm. And then um, that really doesn't work. Anyone who has done it before knows... And then got into agile stuff probably 10 ish years ago, trying to work through that with the company I was at. And I've seen uh, tons of horror stories and management debt. <laughs> and uh, yeah. then have been with con- in consulting now for a little bit over a year. So yeah. um, my last big effort at the uh, financial um, insurance and financial services company was uh, roughly $40 million with. Um, we scaled Agile and had about 17 teams in three locations to help roll out uh, one of the largest Salesforce, Salesforce implementations mm-hmm. in the world. So yep. just a, a hugely scaled thing. So I've seen the waterfall, the Agile, and a lot of, a lot of problems. And, I, and Angie, I remember walking into those rooms when you s- sort of started to adopt some of the Agile, mm-hmm. whether it's safe or whatever, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The walls... On you know the, those yeah. huge rooms were amazing that they they had adopted an agile perspective right and they yep. were all looking at that and there was one I mean there were there were probably 150 people in oh. the Salesforce room at least right well and we had 600 people on that on that work I mean that's amazing to try to get 600 people to think in one way yes right? and, and that's and amazing we didn't, we didn't do it very well but we we got better over time yeah. you know just using regular techniques of you know trying to inspect and adapt and learn as you go but then when you start to think about management debt uh, a real struggle when when you try to move to agile and, and with waterfall also frankly is that the leaders, their job is to set the strategy and direction, but they think they know more than the developers. So that's kind of interesting from that standpoint of, it, again, very enlightening that I didn't know that you started out as a developer, but to, to kind of have that, that viewpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Which is because I imagine, and I'm going to look at Jess here for a second too, because Jess is our team developer champion of the group here. Right. I love, I love developers. Yeah. I and like to kind of have that sort of, context right Mm -hmm. in starting there and then kind of getting to where you're at i'm kind of curious about you know seeing that relationship of management and looking at the teams that are actually delivering and i think what's important is angie described a little bit more about what your role was you were the the vice president of I, i was uh i was actually a director i was responsible for uh, the IT side, although I work very, very, very closely with the business, uh, with agency marketing and direction, and to implement uh, the various uh, products that would help our agents uh, be more productive. So your job is really to create a, a synergy between the agents, which is the business side, right. and the IT side, That's right. which but is maybe the hardest thing bring, to bring do that, as a bring, challenge. Bring those two together to make right. sure that we actually had a true team thing and that we were developing the right things. So one of the things that we worked on that uh, was to try to get a customer view of the work 
by having agents look over the shoulders of the testers when we had uh, enough of a thing to look at. Mm. Yeah, I mean, mm. that is huge because, by the way, in these large companies, especially financial services, who are more concerned with regulatory oh, and all of those things, extremely. you know, to, to get to, like, let's talk to customer directly to get their point of view. It's, it's, it's a really hard. And it was really hard to get there. And what, what we ran into consistently, though, were uh, higher level leaders who felt like they knew the solutions. It just has always shocked me. And to me, that is management debt. Mm. One of the things management debt. The, the senior leaders are, are sure that they have the answer and they know the most. And so they would tell us what we need to do. Mm. Uh, well, this is an, an example, not really from a business perspective on what the product would be, but <clears throat> one of the big battles that I fought consistently was my uh, senior vice president telling me, you need to get more out to the door. We're going to double your staff in the next month. Mm. Oh, yeah, of course. Throw more bodies at it. Let's just throw some more bodies right. at that. Oh, boy. And, I, and, and I, I went to the mat on this. In fact, we didn't talk for a couple of weeks over the whole thing. I said, you know what? If you want to get half done in twice the time, let's do that. Yep. So, Jess, how, how do you, Brandon, like we, I know we've got a sponsor and everything else to deal with, but Jess, how does that, um, how, how does that story that Angie said kind of mesh with what you've dealt with? I mean, yeah, it definitely resonates. I mean, even but, in... but she, but but again, you're you're working at a big box, you know, retail, retail company. Yep. She's dealing with um, a major financial services company, and but it, there is there are similarities. I mean, how does this all work? Yeah, well, I mean, it's really interesting because if you think about like you think about um, like insurance, financial, you think about slow, 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 and I was in retail, fast, fast, fast. You run into the same things where the leadership they think they know the answer without any of the information mm -hmm. like it's it's like a gut feel or maybe information but maybe misinformation mm -hmm. and where are you getting those metrics mm -hmm. and why are you doing the things that you're doing and and oh and forgetting to to bring in the teams that are actually doing the work and connecting the teams that are actually doing the work to the people that are actually getting the product mm -hmm. and having that interaction that i mean Frankly, it's awesome that you had actual agents sitting over the over, over the shoulders and saying, "That makes sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me." That, but but it's hard to get there. Oh, right. My but really Angie did did and, and did it really make a difference? Honestly. Oh, every yes. I mean, we we were able to pull it off not very many times, but a couple. But every single time, we got great feedback. You, you always get feedback that's actionable when you talk to. But the, did you the change your course yes. based on that feedback? Yes. Yes. But but we were. Because of where we were in, in the life cycle of what we were doing, we were able to put it on the backlog and include that for a later thing. So we, we were far enough in, we had to go with what we had, but we were all say, oh, okay, now for the next rev, it needs to be X instead of Y. So life cycle is, I think, an interesting topic that we mm -hmm. wanted to do, like yeah. moving into the next yeah. thing. Brandon. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, I kind of want to, again, we made up this concept of management that, Right. In terms of the, uh, labeling it, if you will. So different people are going to look at it different ways. But, you know, I think that the thing that most people know in the world that we work in is like the concept of technical debt. Right, Justin? Kind right. Of I think that's kind of how we came up. Well, how you guys came up with yeah. this when you guys were talking to Nitin about it and that we understand as a as because we're, we're all in um, IT, you know, we all understand what technical debt is and technical debt is. 
um, things that we need to do to make sure that we're that we remain on the forefront and it might not be the new pretty thing that the customers get but it'll make the new pretty thing that the customer customers get function correctly. so let's put a finer point on that it's the stuff that people don't want to do <clears throat> it's the stuff that you it's people leftover. don't want to it's do. left over <laughs> and management debt is exactly the same yeah. it's the same thing on the management yes. side right that yep. they don't want to deal with uh, the developer the qa people or whatever well it's the how do we finance our teams like how like are are we are we funding projects or are we funding teams mm -hmm. are, and what like what is what is that going to look like what does our hr look like does it do we have a bunch of project managers who are who are now named something else and are held to a certain standard who are actually scrum master or how are we re, reconfiguring our organization from a human perspective mm -hmm. And there's there's there that there needs to be focus on that, and it absolutely doesn't happen right away when you move move into agile. No, the, and it's important. The other thing that's really important there in management debt is that the leaders are realistic and listening to the uh, people about what's realistic and and quality and what matters, as opposed to just thinking that by requesting more stuff, you're going to get more done. It's false. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, we've said it a few times on this podcast, like the team's own quality. So if you're going to constantly be pushing them for more and more and more and more. That's that the technical debt kind of feeds into the management mm -hmm. debt in that way, because you're kind of paying interest down the road. Right? Oh, yes. You know, if you're if you're not delivering quality things, then your code base is not solid, and so therefore you're going to run into th more things down the road. And if it's just the the output versus outcome, we want output, 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 output right. versus the outcome. Then the managers are creating technical debt from their management debt. Is kind of what you know I was thinking based on what you guys were saying. Well, it snowballs because yeah. what happens is the management makes bad decision. They force it onto the teams. Right. Then the teams have to make bad decisions. That's Even right. the teams basically know what's right more than the managers oh, do. Oh, they do, right. And then mm -hmm. it just snowballs, and it becomes that crazy, weird thing where it's like a Snoopy. I don't know if I can say that because yeah, there's copyright can. issues. No, um, where the snowball. I don't think there was a snowball in Snoopy. I'm not sure. But it just, it just, it just, I've lost my point because I said all this stuff. <laughs> um, but it, again, it just becomes like a snowball thing where it's yeah. like, it, it doesn't even matter at the end of the day because it just, everybody is just making bad decisions one on another. Well, here's the other thing that, um, that I've seen a couple, several times is that, that, all of a sudden, you know, you hear the word agile, you hear the word agile from, from, a, from a leadership or from a management perspective, mm -hmm. and then they decide that now you're going to go do that. And sometimes um, companies invest in, in some kind of training or some kind of education or some kind of coaching around that for teams. But, there's, but the, the leadership or the management don't get that same level of education. Right, or they, or they won't listen. Or they won't listen. And so then, so then now you have teams who are... Are prepared to be agile and they are and they're working on that and they're working towards that and then they run into this wall of of and that's where that i mean that 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 also creates some level of management debt where there's just that so are you saying that this management debt thing is really a management <coughs> debt thing the teams want to do the right thing yes 100%. it's the managers who can't figure out because they're so conflicted and angie i'd like love your opinion on this like 
Are they? Why are they? Why are managers so horrible? Why are they the baddest people in the world? Why <laughs> you were a director that. at you know this financial <clears throat> service? Yeah. Like, why are why are why were you so horrible? Why did everybody? Just <laughs> well, say, I was wonderful, of course. Greg's <laughs> <laughs> deflecting. He knows I, I'm going to ask him the same question. Yeah, the uh, I I think that their hearts are in the right place, but when you get to a certain level, you don't think you need to listen anymore. Mm-hmm. You think you know enough. You think you know more. And, and so it's a matter of allowing the human ego to get out of the way and allow yourself to really listen to people and what's truly going on. And that's very hard for people who have, who have gone through the ranks. And at some point, I'd like to tell the, the Bay of Pigs story mm. that I experienced mm. that uh, is to me the, uh, the most um, unbelievable story um, that resulted in at least a $3 billion loss. Uh, that because of uh, group think and management mm. thinking that they knew everything. Yeah. So I think we want to kind of address some of this stuff after the break. Um, but uh, we do have a new sponsor. Our new sponsor today is Pointing. Fibonacci fun for all. Don't numbers mean something? Yes, they do, Jessica. Greg, do you know how many points per person it takes to get a job done? Um... Sorry, buddy. The answer is points don't mean hours, and hours don't mean people. No, See, that's isn't not that true. Simple? Fourteen. That's the answer. Every time. Every time. Fourteen. Twelve. Eight. I don't know. <laughs> hours don't mean people, Greg. Hours don't mean people. Uh, hours don't I mean didn't people. Mean, I didn't. And get points the are people. Points stuff. All right. And we'll, also, yeah. <laughs> we'll catch you after the break. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, we're back. Welcome to after. Dark <laughs> in, in the agile. Welcome to after dark in the agile. I'm Woodford. Yoda. Okay, if you guys after dark laughing, agile is. Okay. If you guys will stop laughing. I'll be professional. Welcome to Apple. <laughs> Damn it! See, this is what's gonna happen. This is what's gonna happen. Uh, All right. No, no, <clears throat> Affable. Affable. It's not a word. It's not even close to a word. I mean, affable, but not even close. Okay. Welcome to app. Okay. All right. All right. I should know when it's not taking Okay. I'm not joking around now. I'm not joking around. <laughs> All right, so uh, so we're back after the break, and uh, we got to do our, our round of drinks. So uh, what? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. so what what are we drinking, Jess? We know what you're drinking, but you go ahead and say it. Uh, Tito's and water, as usual. Yep. Is there, I is there a fruit th- in there? No, 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 no fruit, no fruit. <laughs> well, I'm drinking just straight vodka, or uh, I mean, I don't know anymore after that story. I'm just drinking some bourbon. That's very yeah. clean and very. It's very nice. Yeah, it is clean. There's no ice. There's no nothing. There's just the glass. Mm. Right? Yeah, There's tasty. no fruit involved in this drink. I'm just doing skanky chardonnay. <laughs> skanky chardonnay is good, and I'm actually doing makers, but on the the big rocks. I'm gonna say it's a yeah. Yeah. Fancy weird rock, rock on top rock. of that other. Yeah, rock. it's kind of a rock on top of a rock. Fancy you rock. You know, this is like the Titanic's coming. Wait for it. This is a visual podcast, by the way. Titanic's <laughs> coming. Doesn't see all the stuff underneath. He'll edit. Looks that pretty. Later. Looks pretty. Uh, mm-hmm. Harmless. Hey, it does look like what? a. It does look you like. Know what? Okay, it does I'm look funny like to my iceberg. work friends. You are <laughs> funny to your work friends. You are. 
At the, <laughs> I'm like going. Huh, huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the, you know, All right, big. So this is the perfect intro for me to do my nerd stuff because you know, screw oh, you. Oh God, are we doing this? Yeah, nerd we're stuff? doing that. Jessica, uh, here help we go. Me. Help me. Here we go. <laughs> I'm gripping my chair right now. <laughs> All right, so he worked on this. I did, yeah, I Angie is drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do the play-by-play, right? Yes. Go ahead with your. Yes. You know, yes. um, Mrs. Claus glasses. Yes. Watching the How whole dare time. You. I, oh, knew he was, I knew he was going to attack me. I knew it. All right. Just, By the way, do, I did just, steal a joke from my wife. Just <laughs> get into your nerd. Get into your nerd. I made a note. Get into your nerd. Right, we're in the middle right. of dysfunctional conflict. Fibonacci. Fibonacci. Yeah. Ooh, everybody wants to know about Fibonacci because yeah. that's. Hey, so great. don't make fun of our sponsor. Hey, yeah, you exactly. Know you know, <laughs> points are people Fibonacci. and people are points. Fibonacci. Fibonacci. That's what's happening right now. Are, are you asking Gustalise? Because. <laughs> 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 are you trying to say something? We got Italian and German sponsors. Okay, <laughs> okay. all right, fair enough. That's what we're doing. All right, so I was reading an article the other day, um, and kind of related to the stuff that we we're talking about. Apparently and, not working. Just yeah. reading an article, <laughs> and they it was kind of interesting looking into this podcast because looking at the management debt, I was kind of like, "Hey, I don't want to go back to the 1700s, Craig, because I know you know I love to do that, but." It was kind of like, you know, what are kind of some of the main phases that we've had in management? And they kind of broke it down in an interesting way where uh, they kind of broke it into three phases, which were highlighted by the concepts of first one was execution, second one was expertise, and the third one, which is a more recent one, is kind of empathy. Um, and I think that the cause basically after the Industrial Revolution is what they were saying. It's like, okay, that's where management really started to happen. Because the other kind of management that happened before the Industrial Revolution was, you know, really wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, with the execution, with the focus was on kind of specialization of labor, standardized processes, right? We're talking about, you know, Ford Motor Company, that kind of stuff, right? The expertise stuff was when we started to bring in some of the data, Greg. We're trying to, like, the statistical and mathematical stuff. Um, and that's kind of where the waterfall stuff really started to come from, too. Yep. Right? Um, you know looking to bring science into management, including like the development of theory of constraints, management by objectives, re-engineering, that kind of stuff. So we could start to get a little bit more scientific around it. But, and I'm kind of interested in this in the conversation as we go forth in this, in this section is, I think the expertise thing is what really creates a lot of the management debt, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 to, and to be fair to managers, and I kind of want to get into that. And then the last one is empathy, right? Um, so we have to have empathy because we're realizing that the customers are the people that we need to buy our stuff. So we need to understand them. We need to understand them as people. Well, what so, are their motivations? So, here, so I'm going to challenge you on this. Okay. So, so if you look at Ford, yeah, they built the Model A, of which I have one 1929 model in, in your my garage, garage that has not moved in how long? One family that has been owned that that car. Yep. They responded to customer. Uh, nuance because they said they need something that is cheap yep. that we can build fast yep. and so so and they did that through right they did well they, yeah i think there's a level of empathy there I'll, I'll give you that but it was really more but the it, expertise. Was, it was the right expertise. expertise right no, no, that's, that's what, what it was no. yeah right? and in that's, the execution. that's what i was saying is that in is, the execution right. so that's not a bad thing so no, you're but don't you think that empathy can be built on the other two 
Well, I think I think things might have changed since then. That's what I'm trying to say because that was a massively successful car that there were literally um, I think 20 million of those cars that yep. were developed because of that expertise in the first two tiers. But there was no empathy. There was empathy in that we know like there's a market need, but it was a it was a nascent market. It was like eh. so. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you back, Greg. I think you're coming from not management. You're coming from product management standpoint. True. Yeah. Okay. True. So you're coming from True. like they actually executed on the product concept, but we're talking about management and management debt. Like how do you, managers are dealing with the people? Well, and what I would say is they initially responded very well. And then as they went into the 30s, they didn't respond well because the cars became more streamlined and they, they weren't responding to customer. And they, their whole thing was cheapest car possible for customer. Yep. That was their thing. And then when it got into, and then Buick and, you know, all those other car manufacturers, you can cut this out. All the other car manufacturers, like they got into it because they were like Cadillac. The, all those things were born from that simple car. That simple car, and that was what that was like the MVP, the first MVP of all time. It was like you're, the best. You're still, you're still coming from the product side. Mm -hmm. I, I, I know where you're coming from, and I get it, right? And it, product management has management as part of that, but we're focusing on how you're right, you're right, you're you know, right? right? Like you're the right. management styles in terms of how do I help people grow that are in the company that I'm right. in, right? And to, truth be told. In the expertise world, when we were dealing with the, you know, the the Fords and we were getting into the waterfall, like in the seventies and stuff like that, it all makes sense. Like we talked about in that that first podcast where I was like, yeah, that that guy that wrote the waterfall paper, he like drew out all of like the stages and stuff. But yeah. at the end, yeah. the he paper he wrote, said, he literally said like, this is this work. is like yeah. bound for failure and you need like prototype. But everyone was like, oh, that's exactly what we want to do. That those pictures. By the way, that good. was the best nerd moment you ever had. Yeah. Just so on record. Just so you know, because no, the hospital one was better. Well, there was a hospital one too, but yeah, that was that actually was a really good one. And yeah. I, I do want to say on the empathy business, I mean, I, I do believe that we've moved to a time where leaders, uh, managers, are uh, their job is to understand their people and coach them. That's what their job is, and of course, to set strategic direction. But no one that I know of has done a good job in helping them know what that really means. So, mm -hmm. so they, they get, uh, they're good people who get caught up in, hey, I'm supposed to know the most. And, and then they get promoted because they knew the most, because they were the best and they knew the most. And so now they're at this, a different level, but they were the person, the expert, the best, they knew yeah. the most. And now their job is different. And there have been no tools that I'm aware of in the marketplace that are really effective in helping them know what is their job now. How do they effectively yeah. manage when it's not about their expertise, but it's about how they understand, coach, and help their people be the best they can be. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a level of fear to that, too. That, yes. that I think is important to talk about That's a great because point. you you've you've been successful thus far you've been promoted and promoted and promoted thus far based on your expertise because mm -hmm. you're the one that's smartest in the room and now you're expected to have empathy and and to let some of that stuff go and ask questions of your people and that's got to be terrifying absolutely because and, you, and here's it, how you reached success and now we're asking you to leave that alone and, and your uh what you're saying <clears throat> about the individual is you no longer are going to be in the spotlight mm -hmm. your people and your teams are oh, oh my gosh yeah. so that that person then has to get used to 
<clears throat> excuse me, getting letting go of um, the knowledge and letting go of being the expert. And, and that is just absolutely uh, terrifying. And how do we reward people based on that? And that's part of the management debt, right? Is how, how do we reward people then based on that ability to let go and not be in the spotlight, but still have a system in place that says you're, you, are, you're, yes. you're, you are successful or you're doing a really good job as in, in management by doing these things? Because I don't think that there's a structure in place no. in most enterprise companies that says if you do these things, then, then you're, you're doing the right thing. And you'll be rewarded. And you'll be rewarded. And then therefore, and if you don't do that, then the ramifications are huge. Yep. Hence the Bay of Pigs thing. But we can get into that later. Well, but well, actually, I think that's a good... I think that's kind of a segue it, into it, that. Exactly. Which is the HR yeah. systems don't support what we're talking about no. right so no. yeah we've had we've had a previous podcast my wife's an io psychologist so she's like kind of the hr consulting okay. area and you know we talked about how that study the io psychology actually is kind of like the agile of 15 years ago within hr but they they do they they have that challenge of they've tried a bunch of stuff like you know my wife, my wife worked at Google. They did like the 360. Oh yeah, you know, there has been a bunch of trials. Yeah, all this kind of and like you do all this stuff. And the truth <clears throat> is, is that I think where both you and Jess, Angie, kind of touched on it, which is in a way we have to be sympathetic to the yep. to the plight of the managers that are I in the situation so. that they're in right now, because they grinded, they worked hard. They put in the extra hours. They were really smart, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. But in the break, we were talking about someone that actually falls very much into that category. Oh, no, for sure. Right? When we were on Off Wax, you know, yep. we were kind of talking about that. Mm-hmm. And that person is very skilled and knowledgeable, but the translation of that to then say, how am I going to inspire someone, Greg? And well-meaning. Right? Well-meaning. And well. well-meaning. And, like, it's like mm-hmm. I, I right. you know, we talk about building the teams that we have, you know, here, right? It's 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 about, hey, what, what do I need to help what do, you to help you? You know, what what are you interested in doing? Like, are you right. interested in doing this? Are you interested in doing that? And I think I think the empathy thing in this this article that I read, it's it's a little soft, in my opinion, in terms of, I like the first two, especially the expertise one, because mm-hmm. I think that's what we're running into now. Oh, for sure. Right? And the empathy thing is more of, and we'll get into the, the last section when we talk about servant leadership, and it's, and Jess and I have, you know, we're going to put our boxing gloves on for that. <laughs> but I think it'd be interesting to hear from your point of view um, and kind of the example I think that you have in mind, which is looking at the thing that you're talking about, that be a pig thing. Right. And with the knowledge of, this, the position that maybe those managers were put in, right? And what that maybe would that change your story? Would it? Would it? Is it still the same story? I'm it's, it's, it's the same story, but okay. but I can I can tell it from that perspective. Okay. So so what what really occurred was there's an industry that is uh, got a business model that is in trouble, mm. and you know if you're really looking to the future about what our uh, um, auto industry is. Uh, uh, you know, in, in the past, you know, we were talking industrial revolution and whatever mm. the hell the car was that you were talking about. Right? That, I don't know about cars. Cars. When cars yeah. really mattered to people, right. people got their driver's license when they were 16 years old. They had a car 
Um, families had many, many cars, and er that is what we were doing. Mm -hmm. Well, if you look at today, there's autonomous vehicles, there's Lyft, there's Uber, insurance mm -hmm. is expensive. Kids don't get their licenses anymore when they're 16. The whole marketplace is changing. Mm -hmm. So what is going to happen now to that industry? So you've got a group of leaders that have been promoted based on their expertise and what they know, and they're facing... Um, a very old company, and are we going to be here? Are we going to be the next Kodak? Are we going to be the next Blockbuster? What are we going to be? Interesting. And yeah. so then what they do is come up with what I, I call the Bay of Pig moments. We are going to, within three years, modernize all of our systems in all areas, all languages, all everything, and we will be we will have everything taken care of. We will put a $3 billion capital investment into the system, we're uh, going to bring in vendors because we know that if we add more people, tons of them quickly, it's going to help because capacity is good. Mm -hmm. And we are going to get this thing done in three years. So modernized systems, uh, truly integrated, customer focused, all the right things. And we know, even though we've tried to modernize our systems for the last 20 years, that we can do it if we just pull in all these vendors and do it quick and have all the, the, this $3 billion investment. Okay. So... Angie, I'll, I will. So you're talking about large financial services, yep. like largely insurances, there, especially mutual, right? Because mm -hmm. they don't have the pressure from Wall Street. Right. The so market, they, so right? they, they've got the, the. They can kind of do what they need to do. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of those companies. Um, what, what, and, and I, I think you exactly described that they're under enormous pressure Huge from, pressure. Um, you know, the smaller companies who are doing mobile apps and they don't provide as good services by the way at the end of the day when you get in an accident or whatever that's right and but they don't but these these bigger companies are really bad at promoting not only what is it we're supposed to be doing in a um, mvp way meaning the most valuable product can, what what is it a mobile app what what are we supposed to do and at the same thing at the same time um how, how do people react from the services perspective? Because nobody, or these big financial services companies have awesome services mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they don't focus on that. No. Like we're just behind on our right. technology platform. Right. They, they dismiss the fact that we have an amazing services platform. No, that's very right? true. Although that, that has taken some big hits of late because of some of the investments have been uh, too big and not well executed which again is largely due to management debt because the expectations are so great for what is um, um, what really can occur, mm. and so then uh, the and and the measures for those areas have been poor, such that uh, so for example you might measure how quickly a call is completed for a claims person. Well, what does that do? Well, that's not going to help you with customer right, service. Right. So you end up with some of the wrong right. things that exactly. are that are occurring. Exactly. So, you, yep. so you drive yep. you drive the wrong behaviors based on what you're looking at. Uh, the other thing that's really that's a really big deal for all old businesses right now is the barrier of entry is so much smaller for the newer businesses. Yep. They can do the software, the service, right. they can pull in whatever they want. Uh, the old companies are, are just have the ball and chain of their yep. legacy systems right. that they can't can't deal with that's right yep. but in this particular situation when you get into the management debt angle this group um and i do feel like it's a bay of pigs it's a very small group said so we are going to do this mm. 
and they went forth. What, and was, their, what was their motivation? I mean, beyond the we're behind and we have, and the auto industry is changing and so forth. Like, was it because it's it's not it's not by it's they're not a publicly traded company, so nope. it's not by the market, right? Is it reactionary to these new competitors that you said? Oh, or, it's because I'm thinking from a management standpoint, like what is the, the no? There's the, real the fear. Force. There's okay. real fear there of the other competitors okay. coming in. Um, and the uh, inability to pivot based mm-hmm. on the ball and chain of the legacy systems and going, are we going to be the guys in charge when the ship goes down? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. That is, mm-hmm. that is extremely real. It's not well, kind of real. It's, but it's also tough to, to uh, captain a battleship through a creek. You know, I mean, if that's the, the that's the ship. I mean, it, it, the large comp, like large financial services mm-hmm. in, in insurance company like that. Well, and I think it's important for somebody like Angie who has the the, the perspective of yeah. working with the fact that they they just sort of can't get out of their own way. Oh, they can't. Right? It's, it's just so I mean, sad. They could just break off like they tried to do with digital. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we'll just break off and we'll just do this. And but they they don't have a holistic view of just doing an. M- you know, most, no. you know, MVP kind of idea. No. And MVP so, a sponsor of us, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, but you know what I mean? They, they, like they're, they're caught and, and everybody knows that's the right thing to do. And that's right. what's so sad. Oh, I know. Because everybody knows they want that's to. the right thing to do. And everyone's heart is in the right place. I know. I know. But that, then that's, they're caught up in this stuff. That's where I wanted to get into with, you know, we have a lot of people that work in our industry where it's, they, they say leadership, but it truly is management because it's like yeah. those are the people that actually own the purses. You know, they absolutely they have the, right the money, sign the checks. Yep. Right. They sign the checks. And it's always just, well, they don't get it. You know, it's it's on them. They don't get it. And, you know, if if the if we were using another sponsor transformation, you know, if, if the transformation happens, that's on them. Right. I think I, the management debt thing that kind of came out of like that technical debt thing is because technical debt doesn't happen like because you do it on purpose no because you mean to do it right right that's because your back's against the wall and that's what you have to do to get to the end of the game yeah and everybody feels guilty everybody feels guilty because they know they're building this debt they know they're building this guilt and debt is guilt but but i'm guessing that's what that's what i'm trying to say is that sometimes it's unconscious yes right because like technical debt a lot of that times and now you know looking at a developer Mm -hmm. looking at angie now Mm -hmm. like when you're doing it you feel like you're doing quality code Mm -hmm. right and you feel like you're getting out there, but then stuff happens, mm-hmm. right? You don't have a testing team, right? right. <laughs> you don't have right. certain things out there that are going to ensure that your quality is good. For management, there's no passing up to a testing team. There's no operations team, right? No, and there and there and there's not really any great mechanism for the executive and below, just below leadership teams to drive what they know are real business problems in an effective way mm. to the teams. And so they instead over-solution it and, because that's what they think they need to do. And then the teams are left with, you know, oh, my gosh, they're telling me that exactly what I need to do when I know. So there's something in the middle there that we're missing right now uh, as an industry. Yeah, and if you, if you have the chance to empower the teams to understand what the, what the problem is, what it is that we're trying to solve – Man, they will tackle that. They will. They they will tackle that mm-hmm. with a passion that 
even leaders sometimes don't have. And that's the cool thing when you can actually get to that point mm-hmm. where the teams own the product that they're working on and they are, they're wholly invested, like their, mm-hmm. their hearts are in and, it. And so then there you get into trust. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's trust? Yeah. And, and, and how far do you trust and, and do the right. leaders feel they can trust when they feel like they're next on the line for possibly the solvency of the company? Right. Okay. So I think that's a good place for us to break to kind of transition into the last section. Uh, if you have feedback, send it to feedback at agileafterdark.com. What is that? Feedback. Feedback at. at so at, I'm going to type. Type F E E D B A C K dot. No. At agileafterdark.com. Greg, messing me up. Feedback at agileafterdark.com. But also, if, you know, Greg has actually been really calm today. I think he's got like a zen moment. You know, and like Angie just kind of like, you know. Like calms you down. Like we have to like bring in the dark crystal here or something. Where did the where the we have not got a rant. Yeah, so so it's at rants at agileafterdark.com. We'll see you after the break. Bad guy. Like what do you call it? The like you know the bad guy. Besides bad guy. Well, I don't know. Like See the another, guy with the like, like leather coat. Does, does, does he have like the like the, the whole mustache? I know, mustache? Like a Fu Manchu. Yeah, there was. I think yeah, there like, might have been a mustache, mustache, but a leather so jacket. So he was there probably. for like yeah. the the yeah. gold rush and motorcycle. Like, ha 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 ha. Well, yeah. by the way, I would have preferred that because that's actually really funny because that's a great archetype. That's <laughs> like yeah. nobody ever brings that back up. Do they? Nobody ever says the gold like mustache for the <laughs> like the like everybody like we will know he is the criminal because he does the <laughs> and he has the mustache thing. Right? Yeah. I mean it's like, like how much wax can I get yeah. on my yeah. fingers? Yeah, exactly. So like really like Yeah so he, yeah, he was like that for yeah, sure. Pretty much yeah. 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 So, actually, you know what? I'm going to have Greg bring, bring us back in because I'm, I'm loosening it up. Okay. I'm getting ready. So, we're talking about servant yeah. leadership, I think, is what we're doing, right? Yeah. We're talking about servant leadership. So, basically, Angie, we uh, left the last segment on talking about how managers, whether it's an HR restriction, whether it's a career path problem, that managers, it's not their intention to be bad because they just they don't have the you know the infrastructure to help them get to where they need to go mm-hmm. so when we talk about servant leadership that's a foreign concept because it's essentially taking the reins away i'll go on one of my rants this will be good for you yeah, brandon yeah there we go about managers have to manage stuff directors have to direct stuff and that's what they tend to do but really servant leadership is a different approach mm-hmm. to taking um, a concept of leadership to, hey, we're going to look after our people. We're going to make sure that they're doing the right things for the, com- the company because we know the business objectives, yes. right? The business objectives is really an important thing. Oh. And so um, that I think that's aligning to the business objectives is really the important thing. Jess and I don't agree on this. Oh, so boy. So we've had multiple conversations about this. We talk about many terms that are overused and they use us before we use them. Transformation. Transformation. I'm a word. Right? <laughs> Business agility. Mm. Kai just threw up twice. Yeah. But, but we have a little mesh thing on the mic, so I think it's okay. As long as you don't actually hurt the mic. <laughs> Angie looked just to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, 
<laughs> I, so you know what this is for me coming from like the PR marketing background the whole concept of servant leadership for me bad marketing right I know so, but there's uh, something to why do you it. say that though I mean yeah I don't understand because leaders are expected when we're talking about having the purse strings mm-hmm. they have to make decisions yes they have to make the hard decisions they do right now they have to get the right team together to get into it and like understand it but then it comes to them to be to make the hard decisions mm-hmm. right and if you hear the word servant leadership it means almost too much of giving up mm-hmm. right i'm no. giving it up to those folks to make the decisions and i'm just here to make sure that you have an understanding of what i want done overall now i actually have seen that um in a very recent example in the last six months i was with a group and the uh they were letting the teams they were struggling with you know well you know but we're servant leaders so we're going to let the teams do exactly what they want to do and i and i was like oh, no 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 there there's that's actually a really interesting divergent point it, 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 but really, it was a real situation. And so I'm going, no, you can be a servant leader, but you you still yes. have a responsibility right. to lay out the, the uh, strategies, the guideposts, and the, gui- the, the guideline. The, uh, what am I looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? The guardrails yeah, guard for rails, the yeah. guardrails for what where you can and can't move. And they were afraid to do that, so the teams were just crazy, and nothing was going to come together. And so, right. so okay, so go I'll ahead. just I'm going to just yield. I mean, you can. I'll yield just pile on. No, go ahead. With uh, Angie, so I will say this: teams, especially technical teams, will fill in the gap when business does not define what the problem they're trying to solve is, and technical teams will tinker because that's what they do, and that's what they should be doing. That's the best thing that they're good at. But if business doesn't fill that role of here's what you're supposed to be doing, they will just fill it up like expansion foam. And they won't do the right thing for the business because they're more interested in the technical like sil- stuff. They want to do something fun. Silver for sure. expansion exactly. foam? They want to play with their new fun toys. Is it like shiny silver expansion foam? <laughs> it's like not Apollo like 13, like 13, 13 expansion Apollo 13. foam? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apollo 13. No. So, but, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so I actually, so, so the question is from, if we're talking about servant leadership, who are you a servant to? It's not just the product that you're putting out because you have you have people who are working on the product. It's not just the people who are working on the product. It's also the product itself that you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And so if you are if you are a servant to your customers, I, I'll actually bring it back to something that's that that my my husband um, runs restaurants. It's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. My husband run, runs restaurants, right? And, and he breaks it down really simply into what is it that we do? We make good food and we provide good service. And how do we provide good service is we make people happy. And so all of that, I think, is encompassing of what service leadership is. Does he let, his, does he let the servers and bartenders and um, you know, busboys and cooks and dishwashers run amok? No, but they're a servant to providing the best service that they can and the best food that they can for the customer that they serve. Mm-hmm. And by the way, so that yeah. to me is the definition Agreed. of servant leadership. I like that. Agreed, yeah. Jess. And nice. by the way, servant, that's a, that dialectic between the servant and the master is a thing that goes back academically. Before the industrial Brandon, revolution. Your dad and I yeah, had this before conversation. before the three phases, by the way. Is an interesting, because who is mm-hmm. the servant? 
who is the master. Yes. Those, that dialectic is interesting in the conversation. So uh, that's another that's, podcast. This, this is right? where I get like, this yeah. is, the, I think the PR marketing was wrong on this. I don't know what the word should be. Right. I mean, maybe it should be empathetic leader. Well, and that's right. what we were talking before. I, about I don't think that hits it, though. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I don't think either one of them hits it exactly yeah, right. That's, that's what I'm trying. I can't come up like a flat. No, yeah. I think that makes sense because yeah. the, the leader still has a responsibility mm-hmm. to lay out some paths and some you know strategies and make sure those things are adhered to. But then the, the trick is to find the right balance of the wiggle room for the teams to be real teams and real people and contribute to the thing. And that is really, really hard to do. Yeah, and I think it's it's very because we this this is the management debt. This is the debt that we deal with in terms of where we're coming from. Is we've been talking very much in in just talking about the servant leadership thing. It's a here A to B. It's not A to B back to A, right? It's not from a leadership standpoint of hey, I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to give you, a, you know, this is what I believe that needs to be done. Here's the what and the why. And the team says, well, I think this is the how. But that information needs to come back from the B of the team back to the, you know, to the to leader. And we're going to do a podcast on uh, cost of delay. No. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Whereas cost of delay, one. not from the way that some of the frameworks that are out there that do it, mm-hmm. but more from a, hey, practical. we can do this, this, and this. Right, and we think these are two ways, maybe three ways that we can approach that to, to solve the problem that you're looking at because you have the vision of what that is. But you're not saying to us, "This is what how we're going to do it." You're actually saying to us, "Here's the problem. We're going to go solve it." But it has to come back to that leader. To, they're going to say, "Hey, this particular competitor is doing this. We can do a slice of that and try something else out." Right? But how do we then? Communicate that back to leadership to say, now it's up to you to make the decision. Yes. And what the problem is, and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to look at Greg here. This is where, where another podcast, again, product management is that middle layer that does that communication. And we haven't really talked about that because we're talking about management to teams, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But product management yeah. is part yeah, of Yeah, I'm going to pass it to Jess because she's got something to say. I'm... Oh, I just got really excited. Mostly I just got really excited because now I just lost it. No, you're good. So... Well, no. What what you excited about? Like, the, well, because I, I know, owns... I know, but, but you, I, you believe that the team should be then yeah. be able to be, go back to management and say, "Hey, here are the things that." Oh, that's what I, okay. I remember now. So, so it has. So, if you and so, if you have a servant leader who's able to give the what and the why, yeah, you have a team that's wholly bought in to the how and the why and the what, mm-hmm. and so they're going to be able to come back and say. I mean, we're talking we're, we're talking about developers who will literally go home and spend their nights wide awake researching everything. They will. Angie's, Angie has a big smile on her face. She <laughs> they knows. totally right? will. Yeah. And they're going to come back and say, great, I think that's a good idea, except that there's all these other things that we could also do, or there's all these other things that, that our competitors are doing, and how are we and, – and ask those questions, like how are we competing here, here, and here in the marketplace, and we want to know. And if you can get them that level of bought in, mm. then you can have those feedback loops and those those dialogues it's where you're dialogue. bringing where you're so, bringing. So this is where I have the problem with the servant leadership marketing of that particular term. Yeah. Because it, in my mind, from a marketing standpoint, it makes it sound like it's a push 
versus a interaction. Yeah. But here's but here's the thing. Before you said, um, about, I don't think the concept's but, wrong. I think the marketing's wrong. I, 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 I think you might be right because here's the thing. You said, "What do I need to do to help you?" Mm-hmm. And if a team, if you've bought a team in enough to a point where they're saying, "I understand this, this, and this. I understand the why and the what." But here's the things that I've learned, and 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 I'm bringing this to you, mm-hmm. that you are you you should be responsible for being able to respond to them, being re- being able to respond to the market, being able to respond to the customer, and mm-hmm. being 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 responsive to the team. And so, if you aren't able to answer those questions, you should have you should feel a responsibility to go mm-hmm. at, go and find those find out that information because what do I need to do to help you what do I need to do not to help you do your job sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. what what is I what is what is it that I need to do to help you be bought into what it is that we're doing right now today right and that's that's the excitement I mean we're all coaches right we all have those experiences where we've kind of spent some time with people and then all of a sudden there's just kind of like that mm-hmm. click and, it's, click. and it, we were you, know, you and I were talking about that earlier today Jess where we were kind of saying we kind of, it's it's not the bold, big boulder, but maybe it's just a little chip off of the thing. I love the click. And when there's just kind of that understanding between coach and the people that are doing, and I think the same thing, having been a manager myself, that those are the things that when I have that like, hey, you've actually brought something to me that's really interesting, but I'm gonna kind of come back to you and say, hey, like let's challenge, like let's work this out, right? Let's figure this out. Let's let's you know, do a little little jazz thing here you know that actually now that i'm thinking about what just said it's almost Not like replace servant with vision leadership because think mm. about it i like that think about it mm. every developer makes two decisions or three decisions every day building a product and think about how that manifests itself over a month how many decisions because they're building stuff they're doing stuff oh yeah and if you don't have good leadership and they don't know where they're supposed to go and they don't have a vision of where the company or the product or whatever it is they 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 will fail and they will not fail because of some you know manifestation of their own bad behavior they won't they didn't know the vision they didn't understand how they could have made good decisions because they didn't have, that's what the product team and the management team is supposed to do is say, hey, here's the vision. Go and do great, build great stuff, right? And that goes from product owner to test and everything in between. No, and I'm going to uh, take that just a step further and say that, uh, you know, when you get into the amount of decisions daily that developers and teams are making on their work, yeah. if leaders do not do a great job of setting priorities, then what they're doing is deferring to the teams. The teams yeah. are going to make the priorities for the entire organization. And they Can't pay the price at the end when they thing. don't they do. succeed because, oh, they didn't, they failed. They, they failed only because they didn't have the right mission. They didn't have vision, the right, the right, right mission vision. They, they had, they had 500 mission visions, not the mission exactly vision. Right. We've seen, you know, you and I, Angie work together. Uh, we know that. over and well, over again. And it comes down to just the inspiration, whether it's, you know, honestly, Someone that's able to articulate and be and part of the, I think where I think some of the servant leadership comes from is, hey, be a little humble, right? Yes. Right? Just try and be a little humble because you know what? It sucks. I get it. You were brought up and you were, you know, 
you were the big we, we, fan. You were, you the big were, cheese. You know, and, that, and that was based the on that was based fastest. on you know that that whole expertise you know level right like that's you're you know what I get it I yep. totally get it and you know you're kind of put in a crappy place <laughs> but at the same time also remember when you were a developer or also remember when you were an architect or also remember you know you're kind of sitting there like to all the points that I've heard tonight which is I'm rudderless I'm just kind of like. You know, I'm I'm picking up stuff because I, I have to have outputs. It has nothing to do with outcomes. It has nothing to do with what am I really trying to achieve as part of an overall team. But I think we can ask our leaders to be better. Yeah. I mean I think we I think we can ask but them. I think that's a hard I think conversation. We, I think we can I think you have to give them the organizational ability to let to let some of that stuff go and to define success for them in a different way that's gonna allow them the ability to let that stuff go. Our world as a whole is changing. Everybody can make fun of millennials all they want, but there's something to the fact that there's, the, the world that we live in is changing. And, and, I, and I think that it's important to pay attention to that stuff. And it's important to pay attention to the people who are coming up, who are coming up behind us or there are different expectations. What, what so what expectations? So here's what I would say. Can Angie, you and I are no, probably thing. considered the old guard. Yes, definitely. Um, hey, because of our age, et cetera. But and we have certain expectations, and mm -hmm. we the two of us have, you know, experience in agile and all of those things, mm -hmm. and so we get it. But mm -hmm. we still, I probably would argue, you and I probably would still fall back on some of our old bad behaviors. <laughs> when you think about people that are. 24 25 26 that are coming up imagine what they're thinking which is their their lives re revolve around an entirely different oh, yeah. idea of how they consume information how they respond to something mm -hmm. which is far more um quickly than we ever could expect things to do and i think that's what jess is getting to which is leadership has to evolve in a way that's like your your life you, you know Forget all the norms, all of the conventions that you thought were like the things that were important to you, mm -hmm. which were kind of that waterfall-y kind of thing where it's let's, let's have like we're going to be consistent and we're going to make sure that we, you know, plan and all those things. Stage and, gates. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's it's like, no, we're just going to like figure it out as we go along. I mean, we're just going to live around. Yeah. I mean, if you think about what, like what was the old, I mean, I, I don't know how old you are, but I know my grandparents' age. It was like, you know. You're 110 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Those old codgers. Have, have you seen his I mean, latest picture, by the way? I don't know how old you so are. <laughs> but, like, I mean, it was. It was it's, there's go to college, get married, have kids, white, white picket fence. Da -da 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 and like you have these stages and I think that 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 conception of how life is and what success means is different and I think that that partly has to lead into like how do we how do we restructure the way that we work mm -hmm. and part of that's going to become yep. management that it is going mm -hmm. to yeah 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 thanks for and I just back. went off exactly yeah. on a whole right. other direction and so. that actually is the debt that is the debt it is the debt that Angie and I deal with mm -hmm. even though we're outliers we <laughs> People in our category have the debt 
And yes. we are the ones yeah, trying to yep. convince them, no, you don't get it. It's not that. It doesn't have to be that way. In no, fact, you're failing. Different. You're failing. And why don't you see it? Why don't you see it? And, that, and that's that's what I was going to go to is like when you brought up millennials and you brought up the things and so forth. And many clients that I've been at, regardless of it, but like the, we're kind of in that weird crux of Agile's been around, you know, since the early 2000s, mm -hmm. give or take, right? And this concept of, you know, oh, this the failing fast thing, you know, I think it had like its momentum, but now it's kind of in the large organizations, again, branding. I don't know if I would use the word failing fast. No. I would maybe use experimentation. <clears throat> yes. Right? It's better. Because, because the same thing is the millennials that are coming up, failure is not a thing. You get a participation trophy, right? You don't lose, Right. You, you literally have to, like, there is there is no failure. And I think that I would hope from the management side of it is that's where some of that accumulated interest of management debt kind of accrues over time. Because if you're not humble, right, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you're not able to look at it and say, hey, I failed, and that's fine. You know why? Because I failed fast. I didn't cost the company $3 billion. I did the slice. I tried it. I experimented. And that saved me $2.9 billion. Yep. You know, but I think that the, the, the most important thing, because I love, Brandon, how you put this idea of together, management debt. And I'll say it again, debt equals, it equals you know, guilt. And mm -hmm. the whole point is you were trained a certain way and you, you're doing Agile everything you know. The guilt. It does. It's but, supposed to. But I'm telling you, it, it's like people aren't doing things for the for in a way that that's a wrong intention. No, they just, it's, it's a way that they, they know no, how to do it. Right? right. And yeah. so that debt thing becomes guilt. And so mm. one of the things that. And guilt becomes shame. That's right. And, sh and then you just, and, and then shame you, becomes hiding and, and then shame and, and hiding becomes just re repeating what you're doing with in a bad pattern. Yeah. Right? right. So the most important thing is going, no, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm just going to change the way that I'm thinking about this and we're going to take a different approach and everybody's going to just be able to wash the shame away Yeah, because that's the whole point of it. And I, I think that, you know, the, the hard part of this conversation is mm. it's not, emo we can't talk about emotions. It's all just about, you know, reports and whatever. No. Right. Well, I mean, that's what that, that thing had like empathy as the last part. And that's where I was trying yeah. again yeah. from my, PR marketing background, I don't know if there's a good, a better word for any of these things, but I think the truth is, is that we have to have a recognition of, Hey, the people that are in these situations, it's a much different world very quickly. Yes. Than what they were brought up. In. <clears throat> and then everybody will be more happy because they'll be able to work in a way that makes them feel fulfilled and successful. And that's all we care about. This isn't, to me, this isn't religion about dogma or whatever. No, no, it's no. Make, make people happy and No, you know what's excited. actually the cool thing? Sorry, I actually just talked over you. I think maybe for the first Good. time ever. Well, I'm happy <laughs> but, for that. But, but you said it's not religion and it's not dogma. What I really like is the fact that you really can't have a good leader without some level of ex execution, without some level of expertise. And then you get to that's empathy. True. Yeah. And yeah. so that's actually that's, an evolution. Yeah. Yes, that's great. Rather than Love that. a religion, which yes. is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's okay. good stuff. All right. So I think drop that's, the mic. Yeah, drop the mic. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I'm, hitting it. I'm hitting the mic. Um, so, Angie, thank you. 
Someone Thank you for great. inviting me. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That was Thanks fun. Thanks for coming yeah. into Welcome to the, this weird world. In, yeah, the Apollo 13. <laughs> Let uh, me tell you, know, you what, it's you an leave, experience. I'll turn on the, the fig fi- fire, the faux fire for you. <laughs> before you leave but, but um, thank you very much yeah, this was really here. fun thank yeah, you for having and, me uh, you know uh, we'll you went you... back to college instantly yeah I did so we'll um, oh yes 100% so uh, look for the next episode uh, I think it's going to be the uh, cost of delay and uh, we'll catch you next time But what I was the no fruit thing? Like, what? Did why you try no fruit before yeah. and you were like, eh, um, no it good? Actually, well, I might trust the fruit at your place, actually. You work in restaurants. I've worked in restaurants for long enough that I know that the fruit that gets cut up for the bar doesn't get washed. Oh. So there's, it goes, I, yep. And then how many, <laughs> yep. how many <laughs> grubby little fingers just get all up in that fruit trying to put the fruit on the... And how many people are carrying dishes that then they of people's food and then they dump it in the dishwasher and then just go grab your fruit and stick it on the glass. Wow. Okay, I'm never eating out again. That's it. Uh, it's over. Never eating so out Angie, again. By the way, that's why I have my bread box. <laughs> oh yeah just saving me so, some grubby so, so dirty fruit just waiting till the day that I'm like you know what I will take a lot. I'll take some fruit oh you wait yeah. I'll be five he's the bad guy right now yeah. oh. he's, he's like, waxing his mustache as we speak with the dirty fruit juice oh, no. <laughs> ah. <laughs> 